Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am Charles Kalazi. Today is Wednesday, February the 21st, 2024. It is the Wednesday of the first week of Lent. And uh, today's reading is from the gospel according to St. Luke. While still more people gathered in the crowd, Jesus said to them, This generation is an evil generation. It seeks a sign, but no sign will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. At the judgment, the Queen of the South will rise with the men of this generation, and she will condemn them, because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and there is something greater than Solomon here. At the judgment, the men of Nineveh will arise with this generation and condemn it, because at the preaching of Jonah they repented, and there is something greater than Jonah here. So today is also the Feast of St. Peter Damien, and I have a cold, um, so sorry for my voice. Um, It's funny, I go through phases whenever I get sick, and this is usually the final phase. I, I haven't been sick very long, just off and on, kind of wrestling with something, and then the voice goes. Usually when I'm just about to get better, I, I lose my voice. So please hang in there with me. I wanted to talk a little bit today. First of all, just a little explanation of the gospel reading. Jesus is saying in Old Testament times, God gave certain prophets or kings, people like that, leaders of the community, God sent them, God inspired them, and people came from all over the world to hear them. Jonah is a great example. At his preaching, the Ninevites repented, and God did not destroy them as he was originally planning to do. Another one is uh, Solomon. Solomon was so wise, people came from all over the world to hear his wisdom. And so it wasn't just that these people of Old Testament times greatly benefited the Jews, but they were known all over the world. God gifted his chosen people. Yet now he has sent the Messiah. He has given the world the ultimate gift. Through the Jews, salvation will come to the whole world. Jesus is saying there is something greater than Jonah here. There's something greater than Solomon here. And yet the people of his time are rejecting him. Meaning judgment, to state it from a negative point of view, those who rejected Jonah, those who rejected Solomon, will not be judged as harshly as those who reject the Messiah. Because there's something greater than all those other people here in Jesus, the God-man. I wanted to just reflect a little bit on how God gives us what we need and specifically what we need for our salvation. He gives us everything that we need, it's true, on many levels. But even more so, for you and I, if you're listening to this, chances are you want to grow in your faith. Chances are you want to serve in some way. You want to serve the church. I know I certainly do. It doesn't always work out the way I thought it was going to work out. It doesn't always happen according to my plans. Well, it never happens according to my plans. And so I'm striving to discern God's will in terms of where I should be and what I should do. And we each have to do that. But I think a lot of people think when it comes to the faith, when it comes to salvation, 
We're going to fail anyway, so why even try? But the reality is God gives us everything that we need. And I just wanted to maybe even go through a little list here of, and it's, it's, it's a tremendous list. I mean, I'm not going to list everybody, but if you go through the entire lives of the saints, God had a mission for them and God gave them what they needed to succeed. And he's doing so with us as well even if we haven't achieved those heights of sanctity that the saints did. With Jonah, he gave him what he needed. Even though Jonah tried to get away from it, and the whole story of being in the belly of the big fish, Jonah still went and he preached and it was successful. God gave him the grace he needed. Solomon eventually betrayed the Lord and the Jewish people, but... He was given the grace to succeed, and for a very long time, he did. Our saint for the day, Peter Damien, he's one of so many saints who God gave gave him great gifts. He used his gifts, and he did the things that needed to be done. And in his realm of influence, because we know we can't all save the whole world. There's only one Savior, and his name is Jesus. But... Peter Damien had great success in the realm that he was in, where God put him. Everything is here for us to succeed according to our vocation. Saving the world is not my job. It's not your job. It's God's job, but he uses us to help him in this. And it only requires for each of us who have been given what we have been given to use our gifts. I want to focus a little bit on St. Peter Damien. St. Peter Damien was brilliant. He was a, a great scholar. He became a priest. He became a monk. He was made superior of the monks. He ultimately became a bishop. He did a lot of great administrative work. He did a lot of great intellectual work. But the one thing that I'm so uh, I'm so touched by in his story, and because I guess it's something that I feel called to as well, He reformed the church through community. In other words, he got people together. And when he was in charge of priests, he got the priests together. They prayed together. They talked about theology together. They had meals together. They worked together. And as a result, the faith grew there was great success. Now you might say, well, I'm not in charge of priests. A lot of people out there think they are in charge of priests and that's a problem too. But we are always being encouraged to start prayer groups. We are always being encouraged to bring people together, to pray, to work on ourselves, to try to evangelize our family. Sometimes prayer groups have a theme. Even just to be involved in the parish in such a way the local parish, the local church, the local school, whatever institution there might be, or maybe to start a new institution where we're bringing people together to read the Bible, to pray, to discuss our faith, to grow in our faith. And when we do this, God gives the grace that there is success. Now, success is really the wrong word, that there is growth, that there is a purpose to it, that there is conversion, that there is a growing faith and a growing prayer life, and therefore people are growing closer to salvation. 
God has given us everything that we need. When we see everything falling apart, it's because we're focused on the wrong things. The more we focus on saving an institution, the more the institution will fall apart. The more we focus on saving souls, the institutions will thrive. We see this again and again in our Catholic institutions. Focusing on God, focusing on prayer, focusing on charity towards others produces fruit and leads to growth. When people are opposed to these things, you got to wonder, are they really in favor of growth? Or maybe they're focused on something else. And if that's the case, okay, we shake the dust from our feet in regard to that particular thing, and we find something else that's healthy and life-giving and leading to conversion and holiness. Mother Teresa once said, and this is a great quote from her, God does not necessarily call us to success. God calls us to faithfulness. Being faithful. I know so many Catholic families and so many Christian families where they live their faith, they practice their faith, And the children are very much affected by it so that they're living the faith in the next generation. Now, you might say a lot of people have failed in this regard. Well, we have to look and see, like, why did they fail? In some cases, maybe the parents needed to do more work on themselves. And they weren't just giving the faith to their children. They were also giving their defects to their children. Maybe there was a rigidity there, a... uh, whatever, you know, a, a, an excessive stoical strictness that caused the children to rebel because the children saw this is not healthy. And then they associate the parents' unhealthy behavior with the faith. <clears throat> and I guess there's lots of other examples that we can give. Um, you know, I mean, we look back at just mainstream Catholicism maybe of 50 years ago. Yeah, it was all over society, but there was also sin all over society, and we were compromising with it. So in our current day and age, as funerals are being done for these old faithful Catholics and their children set up the funeral mass, very often don't even want a mass. They come to church. They don't know how to pray the the prayers of the mass. They don't know when to sit or kneel or stand. Well, that's because as they were being raised with the faith, they were also being raised with secular society. They were listening to the music. They were going to the movies. They were watching people in politics who say, oh, yeah, I'm Catholic, but I'm also pro-choice. I'm also against all kinds of things that the church is for, and I'm for all kinds of things that the church is against. And so when people see that there is a mixed message, then they don't carry on the message. So what does that mean for us? It means for us to always be working on ourselves. It means for us to continue to build the church right where we are. That means getting together with our brothers and sisters in the faith, praying with them, promoting that faith right where where we are, working on ourselves. And, you know, the community itself is meant to be a remedy for so many ills, antisocial behaviors and struggles that we have, you know, because we are isolated. The devil wants to divide and conquer. He wants us to isolate. He wants us to only see the differences and only be caught up in the negativity. And then as a result, what do we do? We despair. We give up. We say, well, that's no good, so I'm not going to do that altogether. I'm not going to be part of that. 
So it's for us, just as in the spirit of St. Peter Damien, to realize we have something greater here. We have Jesus Christ. You know, adoration always leads to more adoration. Devotion to Mary always leads to more devotion to Mary. And we could invite so many other people into it. Just even, I mean, I think about my mother starting a prayer group in the house. And they're still going now, and it's 30 years later. People getting together, praying the rosary together, and then inviting other family members to pray too. Inviting other neighbors to come. And there's so many different ways to do that, to build community so that the faith continues to grow. We are all called to be part of it. So uh, we ask the Lord for that grace today, that we might realize just what it is that we're being called to do, where, where the faith is needed in our own place, realizing, yeah, God sent Jonah, God sent Solomon, but he has sent us something so much greater, and he gives us. It's all here for us. He's given us everything that we need to grow in our own faith and to grow the church through our evangelization efforts, even if they be as small as just getting together with one other person for now and praying the rosary. The Lord has great plans for us as long as we're still here, as long as we're still breathing. Once again, sorry for my voice today. (laughs) It sounds pretty pathetic, but God bless you and have a great day. 